Australia Day, Adam. Happy Australia Day to everyone. It's Australia Day today where we celebrate all the great things about Australia. Mm-hmm. Very, mm-hmm. very lucky to be here. People, people are awarded awards for being great Australians. And I see the, the Australians of the year this year are the people who found the cure for melanoma. Oh, wow. Which I think is a great award. I think that's a very appropriate award. Very cool. And uh, congratulations to everyone who becomes an Australian citizen today. Yes. Choosing Australia as your country of home, of home nationhood. Mm. Yeah, my wife's got to do that. I, oh, think she she's still, do- I think she's still using her uh, UK passport as insurance, just in case it doesn't work out, you know. <laughs> Joking. <laughs> <laughs> Well, those convicts over there, I, I don't like them. I'll come back. <laughs> Going back to the dreary weather of London. You know, it is so funny. Like when you're <laughs> when you're an Aussie bogan like me, right? Where you where, where you know it, there's nothing more liberating than walking through coal shopping centre barefoot. That you just alienate and shock the 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 UK. <laughs> like. <laughs> My in-laws are very, um, you know, very proper and um, very mm-hmm. polite and and um, and very lovely if they're listening to this, which they're probably not. Or is or is very well dressed and prim, <laughs> yeah, prim yeah. and proper and never go to the shops without being dressed up. Yeah, that's and, fair enough. And I'm I'm always sarcastic and petty, and I, I uh, <laughs> if I'm complaining, I'm joking about I'm complaining and joking. I'm not all that serious. Maybe I'm a little bit serious, but. <laughs> Man, people in the UK take me so seriously all the time. It's it's really a recipe for disaster. And I bet you they're thinking like, yeah, man, like for sure he's generation were convicts, for sure. Like 100% he stole a loaf of bread. 100% that happened. <laughs> stole a loaf of bread. <clears throat> yeah. Stole, stole a loaf. You're starving on the streets. You stole a loaf of bread and you were sent to Australia for seven years. Deary me. That's amazing. If you survived the trip on the ocean in a leaky boat. Yeah. That is actually amazing <laughs> that they traveled by boat. Mm. Like a, a wooden a wooden sail ship. Mm. Very good. Very amazing. Good. What are we what are we talking about today, Adam? Well it's it's twenty twenty four. It's still January just. Just. <laughs> so uh I th- I thought I would like to talk about what are the what's going to be the trends for 2024. What's going to be the agile? What's going to happen in 2024? What are we going to see? Can we crystal ball? Gaze into our Ouija board and our our cards and our crystal ball and see if we can predict the future for this year. Mm. Would that be worth doing? Yeah, that sounds uh, fun. And I don't know. Maybe at the end of the year we could, if we remember, we could come back and. Go, did that actually happen or not? Hey, that's a really good idea. That's a really good mm. idea. Uh, mm. I'm looking forward to this because I feel there has been changes in, you know, if you look two, three, maybe when we started this podcast, um, I think there was a lot more buzz and energy around, you know, Scrum and um, mm. and Agile and, and these big companies. I feel like there has been a change in maybe mindset and behaviors and, and energy mm. So I'll be mm. keen to know where where we think it's heading, where where this article leads. Yeah, amazing. Go- I just did a Google search, and the first article that popped up was an article from a place called Knowledge Hut, which uh, I found out later because I I think I clicked the wrong button. 
uh, and I got a phone call for them. They're a training provider. Oh yeah, they're a pro project management main project management training provider. Yeah. Um. So I I I I think I politely said, uh, no, I'm not looking for any project management training. Thank you very much. And I hung up the phone. Uh, but this article says, what are the latest trends in agile? And it was written quite recently. So I'm just going to flick through them, but just to jog our thought processes, and then maybe we can come up with our own thoughts around what we think is going to happen yep. this year. Uh, number one, DevOps is a higher organizational priority in 2024. So you might find more companies looking to build out their DevOps practice and do more continuous Deployment, continuous integration, mm. uh, maybe their business end, tack on the business side to the biz DevOps security. There's biz sec DevOps. Everything everything get, gets tacked onto DevOps these days. Mm. Um, so more, more automation uh, on the pipeline. Uh, upskilling and cross-skilling will be on the rise. Oh, so okay. I, think, I think what they're getting at here is that uh, because companies are tightening their belts, uh, maybe they're reducing their headcount uh, that people will need to uh, cross-skill and upskill and perhaps do multiple jobs in one person. Mm. I'm not sure how we feel feel about that, but that's reality. Can we chat about that for a second? Sure. Or do you want to go through the headlines and then come back? No, no, let's, let's, yeah. let's divert where we need to divert if it right. triggers you. It does. It does. You're triggered. Okay. Yes. Triggered. Hashtag triggered. Um, you know, look, uh, it's cross-skilling is, is what you want in an agile team because um, then you're reducing dependencies on people. So that's a good thing. But if you're doing it because you're out of money, um, I worry that you're not going to be cross-skilling <laughs> for the right reasons. And I worry that cross-skilling really means doubling up people's workload and, um, and burning people out. So... <laughs> The idea of quote unquote cross skilling is probably more like burnout. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. That's that's yeah, what yeah. comes to mind when I when I see that. Yeah, I laugh when you say if you haven't got enough money because com- companies do have enough money. Because let's let's be real, big companies they slash staff to make a number, mm. and then when they when that happens, executives get a bonus. So it's not like they don't have enough money. Hmm. We've seen companies get record profits over the last six months. Supermarkets, banks, they're, they're all making record profits, mm-hmm. but they're still cutting staff. Mm-hmm. So don't come to me and say we need to cross-skill, upskill, multi-role people because we're strapped for cash. Mm-hmm. I'll just leave it there because mm. I'm starting to I'm starting to trigger myself. Yeah, I reckon. Uh, the next one I think is interesting. Value stream management has come to the fore. So we've all well, potentially all of us have heard of value stream mapping, which is an exercise to map out the workflow and then try and identify uh, improvement areas. Um, that has now apparently spawned an entire role of the value stream manager right okay um which which is interesting sounds to me just like a fancy role for a business analyst 
Yeah. Because that's generally what a business analyst would do. Okay, team, show me your process. Let's map it out on a wall. Okay, tell me how long it takes you to do each step in the process and let's pinpoint some areas of improvement we can do. Oh, maybe well, a Scrum Master can do that. A facilitator can do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, in the olden days, it was generally the role of the business analyst to map out the process and then come up with suggestions to how to how to improve it. Mm-hmm. Um but now it's become value stream management. Uh, this entire this looks, role. This that this sounds silly because this just looks like agile. Like what do we got here in the like yeah. value stream mapping yeah. helps change the way things about the definition <laughs> are done from an quote quote unquote I did my job to the value is realized result. What that's agile. Like what do you what do you mean <laughs> value stream mapping? Yeah, oh, oh, oh gosh. Yep. All right. Mm-hmm. I, get, a, what, I get you. This is an effective way of changing behaviors and getting getting teams to think about their end to end life cycle. Yeah, it's called agile mindsets. What are you talking about? Teams who adopt <laughs> value stream management in twenty value stream management is mm-hmm. like you said, it's the tool you use to be more agile because you're focusing on the most valuable things first. Like Bloody hell! What are we? What are we doing? <laughs> Sorry, Adam. It's, <laughs> I, I, it, it's, it's a little bit lipstick on the pig, you know. You know, <laughs> mark marketing. You know, brighten it up and and value stream mapping. <laughs> Manager <laughs> put colours and nice words on it, and uh, yeah, it'll it'll become a thing. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, I can't get over this. Yep, go on. Uh, Scaled agile and scrum methodologies will continue to dominate. Oh, well, disagree, disagree, completely disagree. You disagree. With that. Completely you, you disagree, disagree with that. that. Yeah. Okay. Why? Uh, scaled agile. So safe. How many people have you heard use the word safe in the past twelve months? It's still the the largest selling uh, scaling framework compared to others. Uh, scaling framework. Yeah. Okay. All right. But. You, you look on LinkedIn and if you just search the word capital S-A-F, little, little case E, if you search safe on LinkedIn, you're just going to mm-hmm. get people complaining about how it's a, anyway, I'm not going to bash, I'm not going to bash. Oh safe. yeah. Look, look, I'm, 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 I'm not, nor here nor there. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've worked and deployed a safe environment. I've worked in a non-safe environment mm. and it is what it is. It's a framework. You use it, you don't use it, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I do, when you do get online, there is massive amounts of hate yeah. directed at people who uh, who uh, propose SAFE as a solution. And, and I, I don't I, think that's yeah. necessarily fair or reasonable. No, no, no. I, I agree with that. But I have found... <laughs> That a lot of people that work in big companies and and all of a sudden they get shown how to do safe, mm-hmm. all this terminology confuses them. Mm-hmm. The, ro- the roles don't match. Right? The yep. roles of what they're doing in day to day do not match the handbook of safe, and yep. so therefore there's no buy-in. And like if there was buy-in, I think you could make it work. Right? It's just a big scrum model. Um, yeah, but <laughs> that's what safe is. But um, um. Yeah. I think because yeah. a lot of managers don't buy into it because they're like, what the hell is a release train engineer? What's that got to do with the price of eggs? You know what I mean? And and there's all mm. these different kinds of terminology and the the it's like a Bible. 
like a, it's like a safe Bible. You look at the, <laughs> you get the book right from the training, or even just Google safe and go on the website. That is like a Bible. Like, mm-hmm. there's mm-hmm. so much there. And that that's the thing they take they've taken from popular methodologies and Frankensteined it all together and made it coherent, but coherent for selling to an executive to then roll out across an organization. And kudos to them, that's how they make their money from training. Yep. Okay. So and they've been very successful at it. So yeah. you know, um it is what it is. Yes, and so, yeah, yeah, true. It doesn't doesn't work everywhere, and that and that's okay. But I don't think that's uh, uh, I don't think it's reasonable to see the amount of hate that gets spat out at people uh, just because they work in a safe organization. Yeah, look, I completely agree, and and I I don't need to actually bash safe to to try to get this point across that I I don't think that. Scale, scale agile, and we'll talk about Scrum in a second. Will continue to dominate. Um, yeah, maybe it will. Yeah, no, you know, I don't know. Maybe it will. But I've just found that people that have started using it um, struggle to buy in. So I just, I just struggle with the idea that safe will, will well, scale agile will will dominate. Um, yeah. Yep. Fair enough. Even Scrum. Sorry, I know we're not dwelling on this point. Agile and Scrum methodologies continue to dominate. Well, Scrum, like, yeah, Scrum is awesome, but I, I think companies are starting to go Kanban a bit more. Mm. Have you noticed that? Mm-hmm. Like, have you noticed that mm-hmm. people are going, oh, Scrum's a bit noisy and mm. uh, and they're, they're doing yeah. Agile but not being Agile, like we've spoken about in a podcast before? Yeah, yeah. I think they're doing components of Scrum. It's almost by stealth. Right, so they've got Scrum Master, they've got Scrum in, they may have done some training, they understand what it is, they understand the ceremonies and sprints and short feedback loops, and then they think they get mature, and then they go, oh, we need to simplify this, there's too many meetings, blah, 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 blah. And usually it's because they're doing other anti-patterns. Mm-hmm. Yes. They're not doing the ceremonies properly, so they create more meetings. And they say there's too many meetings and yada, yada, yada. And then they go, look, we're not going to do Scrum. Uh, we just we, we think we're okay. We're going we're gonna to go a little bit lightweight and just, well, yeah, we'll keep our Kanban board and we'll, we'll track our tasks. And we'll, we'll maybe we'll just look at things like cycle time, how long it takes us to get stuff across the board. Yeah. But then, then they come back and they go, oh, Hey, uh, we want to run a retro. Uh, can someone do that for us? Mm. Can someone facilitate a retro for us? Oh, hey, uh, we've got a new project and we need to plan it out. Can someone facilitate some planning for us? So they're kind of still doing it, but by stealth, and it's not within a two-week time frame. I think they understand that there's components that they can use, and I think they're, again, Frankensteining it to pull it apart and just use the bits that they want. Mm. And I think that's what's going to happen more and more this year. And I think we'll see Scrum slowly fade into being another framework that you can use if you want. Mm. Yeah, like if, if you're not if you're not delivering value every sprint, you're going to find it really difficult to do Scrum. Mm-hmm. 
you're gonna you're gonna resent the 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 practices around Scrum if you're not delivering value every sprint. So, yeah, this <laughs> trigger hashtag trigger. I still see that there is value in a fast feedback cycle. I completely agree. So just by having the demo every two weeks or four weeks or whenever it is, you get your stakeholders in, you're talking to your stakeholders, even if you haven't uh, added the widget (laughs) or produced the widget, you could still have a conversation with your stakeholders regularly and ask them for help and they can give you guidance and they can give you feedback and that boosts the team to say, oh, you know, senior stakeholder, they they really like what we're doing, mm. so let's continue. Um, when you take that away, that's uh, when you start to question the value of doing what you're doing. Yep, yep. I can, I, I can get on board with that, yep. Design thinking and business agility, there'll be more of okay. more talk of that. So I think yep. um, adding on more design thinking, so designing before building and making sure we're building the right thing is shifting more towards before we actually get the team together um, to actually start configuring stuff and building software. Uh, I think that's a good thing because then you'll be able to quickly decide whether to waste money or not on on Mm -hmm. building stuff. Uh, If you have good designs, good designs up front, not big designs up front, good designs up front. Uh, and business agility. I think we're morphing towards, okay, we're business agility. What is business agility? Yeah, we're going to do a bit more Kanban rather than Scrum. Okay, cool, cool, cool. And I think our our coaches, our agilists, our Scrum masters will, will need to be able to design the work to best suit the business mm. and not come in and go, you know, I'm a Scrum master, so we have to do Scrum. Yeah. You're going to have to be a bit more flexible. That sounds good. I, can uh, I think this is going to be the, the biggest impact of, for the year is AI and machine learning. Yep. Uh, I think it's going to uh, explode even even more. Um, I was listening to a podcast yesterday and uh, they were talking about – it was similar. So it's, it's an agile, agile podcast um, and they were talking about AI uh, and I learned about a tool – uh, AI tool that can you can install on your computer that will then record everything you do, and you can configure it apparently to just record certain things and not not every everything. Uh, I'm not sure where the data goes, but uh, hey, it's a thing. <laughs> but then it's like an AI bot for your personal computer, so that you can then go back and say, "Oh, I went to a meeting, da da da, and we discussed this, but I, f- I forget what what exactly was discussed, and it'll then pull up." The details of the meeting and tell you the notes and all that sort of stuff for you. Um, huh. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. Using AI to record uh, your facilitated sessions, so you could then perhaps design a retrospective based on the session that you just had, or mm. you know, design design a facilitated session for the next time you meet. To, to help improve and shorten the engagement so that you get to a result faster. Mm. I think there's there's clever ways to use AI that we haven't probably even discovered yet. Oh, yeah. I don't think we've hit the tip of the iceberg yet. Mm. 
the big thing, <clears throat> does Agile have a future? Oh, I think so. I think mm. so. I think um, before we go into the article here, I think um, I think Agile mindset has a future. Oh, look, I think it all has a future, quite frankly. Um, and I think especially the, cus- the the companies that want to get ahead and adapt and probably the smaller to medium companies, I think they're going to be able to leverage Agile um, a lot more effectively than the bigger companies just because they're more willing to change and there's less hierarchy and layers and all that sort of stuff. Uh, so I think Agile, and I, and I think that uh, the bigger companies, you know what, I have a feeling that the bigger companies... Um, want to be like a startup. They want to act and feel like a startup so that they can compete. Um, I'm, I'm hearing a bit of that rumbling in, in you know, executive levels of big companies where they're, they're like, if we don't continue to change as fast as the little guys, we're going to be eaten up. So I think they're going to pursue agile, whether they're going mm. to be able to be brave enough or courageous mm. enough to properly adopt it. And, and break those mindsets is a different story. But yeah, no, I, th- I think Agile has a future in definitely in the small and medium successfully. And then, and then the big companies will, will, will still try to attempt it. Mm. Yeah. What do you reckon? Uh, yeah, I, I think it's gotten to a point where it's, it's business as usual. Yeah. Almost like a BAU state, like almost every job to, uh, spec you see come in, it's like, you need to understand Agile. You need to, have worked in an agile organization or at least be trained in it. Yeah. Um, and that ranges from every role, business mm-hmm. analysis, all the way to project management. Yeah. Um, so I, th- I think it's mainstream. It, that doesn't necessarily mean that it's um, conducted mm-hmm. well. Um, I'm still looking for a list of companies that do agile really, really well. Every time I go to a webinar, I ask the question, you know, can you tell me an example of a company that does the thing you're talking about really well mm. and it's it's few and far between. Yeah. I, th- I think it's become mainstream, but it's not necessarily done very well. Yeah. And I don't think companies have understood that yet. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be interesting to see what happens. Like I'd like to, I'd like to fast forward five years and go, where is it all now? That would be really interesting to see. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Well, oh, we said we were going to speculate. Uh, <laughs> uh, look, I, I think we all, land something on Mars and that will be a game changer for the human race. And I think that that might, like the Teslas of the world and the Toyotas of the world will uh, will show everybody else this is what can be done if you Mm. you act and behave in a a good, agile fashion. Mm. Should we leave it there? Yeah, we've got like 30 seconds. Why didn't we uh, reset the timer? (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening, everyone. Hope you got something out of it. Apologies for the abrupt end to our podcast there. We're too cheap to pay for a full version of Zoom, so we ran out of time. If you want to sponsor us so that we can buy better kit and better equipment and better software, then please hit us up at awakenagile at gmail.com or 
on LinkedIn at Awaken Agile. That's myself, Adam Murray, or Jordan Bailey. Reflecting on this episode as I'm editing it, I noticed at the 16-minute mark, Jordan made a fantastic comment about teams not delivering value every sprint. And I immediately jumped into the conclusion of leadership and feedback loops, where I probably should have reflected a bit more and thought, well, actually, it impacts teams when they're not delivering value every sprint as well. If you're going sprint on sprint on sprint and not finishing anything or not delivering what you think is valuable, uh, it's going to hit your morale. And that's where a good Scrum Master comes in to keep the team going. That's it for this week. Have a good week. Be helpful. And we'll see you next time at Awaken Agile. Bye for now.